0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, wa wa al Alhamdulillah, tonight is the 20th of November in the year 2023. And Alhamdulillah, we moved on to the 18th night that we're going through the exalted and blessed life of the illustrious companion, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah. And I'm steadily going through the endless subsection in which we're taking a glimpse into his immense love for our beloved Messenger. So like I mentioned many times, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah was one of those fortunate few companions who had the truly priceless honor of being alone with our beloved Messenger, like in today's day and age, they say a one to one. So, he had this on many occasions. So, for instance, in <laughs> Tabarani, in his Ausat Abu Ya'la, in his Musnad Hayat al Sahaba, volume 4, page 107 of the New English Translation, Ahmad related similar as quoted in Nasim al volume 2, page 105. Sayyidina Abu Hurairah r.a he said I once entered the marketplace with Rasulullah s.a.w. He s.a.w. thereupon sat with some of the crop merchants and then bought a pair of trousers for four different. So Abu Hurairah r.a he's with Rasulullah and they entered the market And the Prophet sits with the cloth merchants and when he sat with them for a while he bought a pair of trousers worth four dirhams. The cloth merchants had with them a person who would take measurements. Addressing this person Rasulullah said let the benefit be for the buyer when taking measurements. I try always to give slightly more. So, the person who's measuring, the Prophet told him that this is a good habit, that you give more to the one you're selling to. In another report, there's the addition In Barani Abu Ya'la, al haythami in Majma' al-Zawaid, Volume 5, page 1 to When comments upon a chain of narrators, Ayatha Sahaba, Volume 4, page 107 to 8 of the New English Translation. Our beloved messenger, he said, وسلم, let the benefit be for the buyer, when taking measurements. Meaning, for instance, you're a shopkeeper and a person wants a kilo of bananas. It's from the sunnah to give him 1.1 kilo of bananas. (laughs) Give him more. This is what the Prophet is saying. To this the person taking the measurements, he said, I have never heard these words from any person before this. (laughs) The first time I've heard this, Abu Hurairah, who irritated, he thereupon said, It is sufficient evidence of your ignorance and foolishness in religion that you do not even recognize your Prophet. The man thereupon immediately threw aside his scale and leapt up to grab the hand of Rasulullah in an effort to kiss it. However, Rasulullah pulled away his hand from the man, saying, What is this? It is only the non-Arabs who do this with their kings. Verily, I am not a king, but I am a man from amongst you. Mm. The man then took the measurement and let the benefit go to the Soodul <laughs> He then took the cloth. So, stop in the report. So, think about this. If you don't know who is saying that, it sounds like a cheeky remark. <laughs> so, for instance, if I enter the shop. And I said to the shopkeeper It's sooner to give me more <laughs> Obviously the shopkeeper is going to well, a Cheeky soul So so, what, so on that chain of thought This person Maybe was hinting towards that Because he didn't recognise he was the Prophet So what did he say He said I've never heard these words before from anybody <laughs> So when he said the Abu Huraira Obviously next to the Prophet He gets angry He goes it is sufficient foolishness on your part that you don't even recognize your Prophet. Meaning, what do you just say to the Prophet So he did Toba immediately. So he wanted to then kiss the Prophet's hand. The Prophet goes, No, because only the non-Adams do this with their kings. I'm not a king, I'm a man. Mm-hmm. And then the report here mentions, he did what the Prophet instructed and the Prophet took the cloth. Going back to the other report. Rasulullah then took the trousers and when I attempted to carry them for him, he said, Allah said, the owner of an item has a greater right to carry it unless he is too weak or unable to do so. In that case, his Muslim brother may then lend him a hand. So stop in the report. So look how touching, Abu, obviously trousers are very light. It's not as if it's a bird. But well, Abu Huraira wanted to, you know, accrue rewards. So he goes, I'll take it, Ya Rasul. let me carry the trousers. And the Prophet said, is then taught to something else. Because the owner of an item has got the greater right to carry. Mm. Meaning you don't take it off the person unless he needs help. Mm. So how does that apply? So if you're walking, let's say with some shopping, Mm. and a person says, would you like a hand? The answer should be no, Mm. unless you need a hand. Mm. Because it's your duty. (laughs) This is why Ali radiallahu, when he was the khalif, he said, will you carry my Lord on the Day of Judgment? <laughs> Meaning this is for my family. because goes, I'm going to be questioned about my family. Because why you? So this is not being impolite. This is just the, the etiquette the Prophet taught Wasallam. So then Abu huraira then asked, الله, Ya Rasulullah Wasallam, do you wear trousers? Meaning you bought trousers. Do you wear trousers? <laughs> the Prophet said, Certainly, I wear them on a journey, when at home, During the night and during the day, I have been commanded to keep my aura, my private area concealed. And I have found nothing more concealing than trousers. So now look how interesting the question is. Isn't it obvious that the Prophet wore trousers? So obviously we're missing something. So the scholars point out that Rasulullah would wear loose shirts. So underneath you know, was he wearing anything underneath in terms of a, a double covering? Mm. So that's why he asked, because do you wear trousers, Ya Rasulullah? Mm. You know, we know that you wear the jubba, the long shirt. So then the Prophet ﷺ told him that he wears it basically all the time. He goes on a journey at home, night and day. And then he goes, "This is, there is nothing more concealing than trousers, meaning the shirt covers, but that's a double covering. Mm. So this indicates that trousers are from the sunnah. Mm. However, of course... They should be loose. They shouldn't show the figure, etc., etc. So, there's all these other etiquettes. But definitely, there's nothing wrong with trousers. So, if anybody says, you know, wearing trousers, this is a Western concept and the rest of it, it's talking rubbish. The Prophet bought trousers and he wore trousers. Who was he buying the trousers for? That's why Abu Hurairah asked, do you, do you wear trousers? He goes, yes. But Allah So, note, what do we take from this report? Who was having a one-to-one with the Rasulullah? It was Abu Hurairah. And notice the Prophet he'd go to the marketplace. You know, think about that. Did the shuyukh go to the marketplaces is Did you say in why, why did he go to the marketplace? He sat with them. Why? Because obviously wanting to know how they're dealing, their business transactions. And then after that he bought something. So some of the ulama point out that this is a sunnah. That you should become acquainted with those doing business, the traders. And after you, you know, spend some time, then you... Make a transaction with them. And look how beautiful. He only then told them that command. Why? Because you've making them feel comfortable. Then he goes, give more to the buyer. Now look how tragic. Forget about giving more to the buyer. It's the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. You're trying to skim a bit. Stop <laughs> that. So if you think you know kilo banana thing, I don't know, that's not a kilo, that's nine point nine two five. You know these scales, you know, if I hit it, it goes to one kilo. Which sunat is that? That's the complete, that's sinful. You know, You and the Quran says war to those who defraud others. But when they demand, they want their right. Mm-hmm. So again, this is an etiquette which the Prophet was highlighting, sallallahu wa In another teaching report, I a one-to-one. Mm-hmm. So this is recorded by al-Muhib al tabadi in his Mukhtasar al sira Hafiz al-Qastalani in his al-Muwahib. Shaykh Yusuf al-Nabahani. He died at the age of 85 in the year 1932, Christian era, in his Wasa'il al-Wasul ila Shama'il al-Rasul, page 197 of the English translation, and Sayyid Muhammad ibn Alawi al-Maliki al-Hassani, Rahmatullahi, who died at the age of 60 in the year 2004, Christian era, in his Muhammad, Al-Alaw, Ali Insan al-Kamil, page 168 of the English translation. So he's in the works of the respected Shayukh, notably the Ahlul Bayt. So it reports. Rasulullah he once rode a bare donkey to Koba with Sayyidina Abu Hareda accompanying him on foot. So this is important. The Prophet ﷺ was the most humble of Allah's creation. And the donkey is a lowly animal. So he liked to ride donkeys to show humility. But even more amazing, there was no saddle. So now if we if you've never ridden a horse, We don't know what that means, saddle or no saddle, what's the difference? It's very difficult to keep your balance without a saddle, right? It's basically, you know, something that's needed. So he's on a bareback donkey, imagine. And Abu Hurairah is walking with him. And where are they going to Koba? So why are they going to Koba? So obviously your guess is as good as mine. Maybe they're going to pray there Saturday morning, which is a sunnah to pray in that blessed masjid. The report then says, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, O oh Abu Hurairah, shall I carry you? I please join me on my beast of burden. Hmm. In other words, you don't need to walk. Hmm. He goes, Kum. So what's the problem? There's no saddle. So Abu Hurairah is thinking, as you wish, ya Rasulullah. In other words, I don't know how I'm going to sit on the, on the donkey, but like you say, your wish is my command. So, I thereupon sat, the Prophet goes, Ascend. I sat, but I was unstable. Thus I held on to the Surah Allah, وسلم, which caused us both to fall from the donkey. So Abu Hurairah goes, I got onto the donkey, and obviously the donkey starts moving, he's lost his balance, and then as fate would have it, he holds on the Prophet, they both fall. Rasulullah thereupon ascended once more and he asked, Oh Abu Hurairah, shall I carry you? I please join me. So Abu Hurairah is thinking, Because as you wish you had Rasulullah, in other words, you you asked, so I will say yes. He then said, Ascend. Abu Hurairah said, I ascended. But, Subhanallah, again I lost my stability. I held on to Rasulullah and we both fell again. <laughs> Rasulullah thereupon ascended once more and he asked a third time, O oh Abu Hurairah, shall I carry you? Will you join me on my beast of burden? This time Abu Hurairah said, No. <laughs> he goes, By the one who has sent you with the truth, I will not make you fall off a third time. <laughs> And the Prophet just smiled. So this is the report. So now what do we take from this? SubhanAllah, look at the unbounding humility of Rasulullah and his deep love for Abu Harad. Notice he didn't get irritated. Right? You know, you think. You know, learn your lesson the first time. Why did you grab onto me and then not Nothing. You get this impression that he just got back onto the donkey. And it, as if nothing had happened. He goes, Abu am going to ride with me? So imagine he's feeling a bit embarrassed now. I've just caused Rasulullah to fall. Then he thought, I've got to listen. He, he told me, so it's okay, Ya Rasulullah. Donkey starts moving, he loses his balance, they fall again. So obviously more embarrassment. But do you notice a, a hint of disapproval from the Prophet? Nothing. <laughs> to ascend. Mm-hmm. And then what did he say the third time? Like, we said, I can't do it, Ya Rasulullah. He goes, I'm not gonna make you fall a third time. Mm-hmm. And all the Prophet did was he smiled. Mm-hmm. So now what does that tell you about his blessed heart? That like, we needed to know. He had no pride. Put a sheikh in that position. Madid with him. Be honest. Great sheikh, great sheikh, knocks sheikh off, what Right, would he say, sun please, get back on? Or would he give it like a stern look at least and then say, get on, with a bit of anger? Where's the sunnah sheikh? Where's the sunnah? Right, notice this is the purity of the Prophet At the same time, Abu why did he, because the Prophet told him, he wouldn't have sound he, was, he had no intention of sitting on the donkey. But when the Prophet said, ascend, he goes, if you wish, Ya Rasulullah, I'll do that. There's no saddle. You know, you can only appreciate this if you've rode a horse. Right? If there's no saddle, you're going to grab the person thinking, I hope he knows what he's doing. Right? And imagine, left lie, and then he goes, and the Prophet falls with him. And also note, you know, and again, which other companion has this intimacy with Rasulullah? Where the rest of the saab. Right? Where is he going? He's going to Koba. Quba from al Madina is about four, three, four 4 months. Mm-hmm. So the journey wasn't that long. <laughs> he could have walked easily. But uh, like I said, maybe it was Saturday, the Sunnah, the Prophet in Sayyish Bukhari, Abdullah ibn Umar Anhu <laughs> said, he would go to pray in Masjid Al-Quba, Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. The reason being that if you pray there, you get the reward of an Umrah. <laughs> this is a famous hadith in Tidbukh. So he'd go Saturday morning, which is another sunnah. Sometimes he'd ride the, the Sahaba or Sometimes he'd walk. On this occasion, he was riding. Now, why is that also telling you his mercy? Because he knew people are going to emulate it. If you only walked, what the would that have given us, we can't even walk to the masjid. You go, oh my God, brother, it's a mile away, our hotel. Forget about kobab, look at your morning about Masjid al-Nabi. Right? So note again, the mercy, the compassion of the Prophet On another occasion, it is related that once our beloved messenger وسلم, was intending to discipline Abu Huraira over some matter, but then stopped. So this is fascinating. We don't know what he did. Abu Huraira did something, وسلم, which caused the Prophet some displeasure. And he was about to say or do something to Abu Huraira, but then he stopped. Abu Huraira thereupon would say, if only Rasulullah sallallahu were to have struck me, it would have been more beloved for me than obtaining a vast treasure. As then I would know that I am a believer in his sight. And the du'as he made for me would definitely be accepted. Subhanallah. This is in Ibn Asakir in his tariq Dimashq 19-222 Al-Bidayah 8-105. So we don't know what it was. He caused displeasure of the Prophet. We, what is Allah tala knows best. The Prophet was thinking of doing something. Abu Hurairah noticed. He, noticed. he was about to do something. But then he stopped. So now you think. Abu Hurairah is going to say. Alhamdulillah he didn't do anything. Complete opposite. Because if only he'd struck me. <laughs> because that would have been more beloved to me. Than a vast treasure. And he explained. Because I would then know that I am a believer. <laughs> Because his dawahs would be answered. So what on earth was he referring to? <laughs> so if somebody is angry and he strikes you, he's going to say something which is going to be an anger. Abu Huraira wanted that. Because if he had said something like that, that would have been beloved to me. What was he referring to? In Sayyid Bukhari, number 6361, Sayyid Muslim, number 2600-2602 2, 600, 2, Imam Malik's Muwatta 2-910-911 Ahmad in his Musnad, Ibn Abi Shaiba in his Al-Musandif, number 9599 Al-Bidayah in the chapter on the biography of Sayyidina Mu'abiyah Our beloved messenger made the following dua O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I am but a human being And so should I ever insult a believer, supplicate against him, or harm him in any way, i.e., and they are not deserving, then let that be a means of bringing him closer to you on the day of resurrection. SubhanAllah. So in this flawless report in Sayyid, Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet made a request from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because if I make a du'a to harm somebody, i.e., in anger or so on and so forth, and he's not deserving, convert that like bad dua for want of a better word, into something that will bring him closer to you. Turn it into a blessing. So what did Abu Hure say? Did he know Shariat? <laughs> If only he'd said something, he would have been more beloved to me. Why? Because I know that would have been a dawah for me. But because he didn't. <laughs> Clarifying further, in Sahih Muslim, number 6627, in the chapter on al Sayyidina Anas, Ibn Malik, anh, he said, My mother, Umm Sulaym, anh, she had an orphan girl with her. So there was an orphan living with Umm Sulaym. Rasulullah once saw her and said, is it you? You have grown. May you now never grow old. The orphan girl then returned to Um Salem weeping. And Um Salem asked, Why are you weeping, O my daughter? Why are you weeping? She replied, Rasulullah made a du'a against me. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He made dua, I will not reach old age. Now I will never grow any older. Just stopping the report. <laughs> so what a strange statement the Prophet made apparently to that young girl. He goes, is it you? You've grown. May you never grow old. Why? Because she's going through the phase where she's getting becoming a woman. May you never grow old. So she just thought, oh my God, I'm going to die young. She goes back to a kind of Mother Umm Sulaim and she goes, I'm gonna ask. Um Sulaim Radiullah Dalapan went out hastily wrapping her khimar around her head. And she met Rasulullah. Rasulullah upon seeing her asked, Sallallahu Wasallam, Ma Lak Ya Um Sulaim? what is the matter with you, O Um Sulaim? Radiullah. She replied, Ya Rasulullah. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Did you supplicate against my orphan girl? Mm-hmm. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked, "Wamadak ya ummasulim?" What did I say? Umm oh, umsulim. She replied. She said, "That you made this dua that she never grows in age and never grows old." Mm-hmm. Rasulullah smiled. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam and said, "Ya ummasulim, amata alamina." Anna شَرْطِي ala Rabbi O Um Suleyem رضي اللَّهِ Don't you know that I have made a condition with my Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala I said in dua verily I am only a human being sometimes I am pleased as other human beings are pleased and sometimes I become angry as other human beings become angry thus anyone amongst my Ummah who I supplicate against and لَيْسَ Ahl They do not deserve it. وَقُرْبَةً بِهَا مِنْ غُيَوْمِ Then make that a purification for him. A cleansing from sin. And also a means by which he may draw close to you on the day of standing. So what happened the same thing the orphan girl thought she was cursed Umm Salim asked for verification and the Prophet ﷺ, he's explaining I'm not like the rest of you <laughs> if I do say things of this nature and of course I didn't mean it he's just a young girl then what happens look at the mercy that Allah, Allah is going to give her now zakat kurba what does tahoor mean What does tahood mean? Like Tahalle from the same word. No? Tahood means purification. What does zakat mean? Purification. It's The same thing, then. <laughs> zakat means to purify. Qurbah. <laughs> qurbani. Qurbah. What does qurbah mean? <laughs> you know qurbani every year. You just just say, no. Qurbani. <laughs> what does qurbah mean? <laughs> Qurbah means to bring near. Qurbah. So when Rasulullah, look what he said. If they don't deserve it, make it a tahoor. Zakat, Qurbah. Wasn't one of them things enough. And he goes, make them close to you on the day of standing. So in other words, when I saw your orphan girl, I wanted her to be purified, cleansed and drawn close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so I said some words to her may you never grow old so go back to Abu Huraira <laughs> the problem we don't know our deen why on earth would he say this if only he'd struck me if only he'd said some words to me I know I'd be a believer so you're thinking why would you on earth would you want Rasulullah to strike you <laughs> and to say some words against you because you don't know he knows what makes you think you know <laughs> The Sahaba, no, we don't, because he didn't do it. After narrating this hadith of Um Sulaim, Imam Muslim, alayhi, he relates the report of Sayyidina Mu'awiyah that our beloved's dua for him. sallam, La ashba Allahu batna. May Allah subhanahu wa taala never fill his belly. La la ashba Allahu batna. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never fill his belly. This is in Sahih Muslim, number 6628 and 6629 in the chapter on Al-Bir. I haven't given the full report. The gist of the report is this. Abdullah ibn Abbas, the Prophet told him, go, go and call Muawiyah. I need him. So Abdullah ibn Abbas went and Muawiyah was eating. So he comes back, he goes, Ya Rasulullah he's, you know he's eating. So the Prophet goes, go and call Muawiyah. <laughs> he goes, he's still having a you know a bite to eat. So the third or the fourth time the Prophet said these words, may Allah ta'ala never fill his belly. <laughs> so again, fruitcakes. <laughs> go, he goes, tafadullah has a Muawiyah. That's why he you know, he had that like desire for everything. He couldn't get enough. He wanted land. He wanted power Because his stomach couldn't get full And then you say Who said that He goes oh, The hadith is in Sahih Muslim I you know the hadith is in Sahih Muslim But who said what you said And he goes "Oh, it's Straightforward isn't it Straightforward to hell brother You want to go to hell Right Because he what are you talking about He goes Where has Imam Muslim recorded this hadith Hasn't got a clue He goes oh, It's in the chapter on birr. Not in Jahannam. Bin means piety. What's the hadith before that one? <laughs> he goes, I haven't got a clue with that. He goes, Um names hadith. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. Did he gives the orphan hadith. So, was Rasulullah cursing the orphan? No. The very next hadith, Imam Muslim puts this in. What was Imam Muslim telling you? This was a blessing for Muawiyah. Those in reality... This was a supplication from our beloved Wasallam, for the purification, cleansing and drawing closer to Almighty Allah on the day of judgment for Sayyidina Mu'adiya. Not a curse. As some ignorant ones would make you believe. Imam Nawawi, he commented here to finish. In Sharh Sahih Muslim, volume 16, page 156, he said, Imam Muslim understood from this hadith. That Sayyidina Muawiyah was not deserving of the supplication against him. And for this reason he included it in his chapter on Al-Bir. Others beside him also considered it from the virtues of Sayyidina Muawiyah. Hmm. So Imam Nawwi, mujtid Imam of the Shafi school, he's an authority goes, this is a proof of Muabia's honor, anhu. Because many other scholars have used this hadith as well, it's not just a rare opinion. Mm. So, that also highlights Imam Muslim's precise understanding and excellent derivation. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward him most handsomely for his untiring services to the glorious deen. Ameen. So, again, it's very dangerous to quote hadiths without understanding. So, they quote incorrect. Mm. He goes, Moab, you could never be satisfied. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, he just kept eating. He goes, what do you mean? And he goes, well, you know, the Prophet cursed him. Stop. Right? He goes, what do you mean the Prophet cursed him? He goes, well, he says it. May his belly never get full. He goes, that's got to be a curse. Yeah, it's a curse if you said it. But the Prophet's not like you. Then you have to explain. Rasulullah did not mean, mean any harm for him. He wanted him to be given, you know, more purification, more qurba to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, why have I related this principle here? Because Abu Huraira said, if only the Prophet had said something, if only the Prophet had struck me. And think about that. Look how much love he had for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He even wanted him to say this. And in case you're wondering, I have no idea what he did to make the Prophet displeased. Allahu alayhi you know, it's not mentioned at all. Whatever the case, if it was important, Abu Hurairah would have mentioned it himself. So all I mentioned again today was his one-to-one with our beloved messenger, and many a valuable lessons we learned when going through the lives of the illustrious companions. Are there any questions you're not ask? سبحان ابي حمدي اللهم لله بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الانسان